1: Well, hello, I'm David Freeman-Wiff. Is that really in the Bible? Have you ever asked why in the Bible, especially the Old Testament, do you read about polygamy? Polygamy is the practice of marrying multiple spouses. I mean, did God in all of his wisdom and glory up in his heavenly rocking chair say, you know, I, I just got this idea. I think this would be a great idea for men. Men would love this. Now, I don't think the women are going to like it, but I think the men would really like to have multiple wives. Is that the way God works, you know? Now, believe it or not, polygamy today is really practiced very little, very, I mean, few and far between. You have some some few, you know, Muslims and Mormons, and the biggest area you're going to find more polygamy would be in the sub-Sahara uh, Africa, about 11% of their population actually keeps, actually practices polygamy. But it's, it's, it's really not a big issue today. But for some reason, when I think of polygamy, a man wanting polygamy, I think of some horny guy in his basement, about 40 years old, doesn't have a job, been hit with an ugly stick. Now, maybe this is just me, maybe that's not, but he's dreaming about wives maybe to support him or whatever multiple wives or whatever now in today's society why any woman would go along with this is is beyond me i mean i I don't think they would Uh, now back in the bible days there was a thing called desperation and for women. And I'll touch on this. In other words, in Bible times, why did women go along with polygamy? It had everything to do with desperation. And I'll talk more about it. And desperation is when you, when we act out of desperation... We do bad things. We we make bad choices when we act out of desperation. You know, I'm desperate. I got to do something right now. I got to get married right now. I got to do this right now. I gotta, I gotta get this job right now. You know, we always make mistakes when we act out of desperation. And so, back then, a lot of women went along with polygamy, even though they didn't like it, because of desperation. And I'll talk about what that desperation was uh, toward the end of this program. Now, the question is, why did God allow polygamy? Well, God allowed because God gives man free choices. You know, you could ask the same question. You could ask, why did God allow divorce? Is divorce God's will? Well, Malachi 2 and verse 16 says, For the Lord God of Israel... Says that he hates the putting away. What does that mean? He hates the putting away. Well, let's read it from a different translation, Malachi two and verse sixteen. He says, "I hate divorce," says the Lord God of Israel. I hate it when people do anything that harms others. Now, if you've been through a divorce, you know exactly what that means. You know, you you may not now. Now, some husband and wives do things in a divorce that spite to spite each other. You know, and that's not good. But I think they would all agree that the harm they have done is to their children, especially if children are involved, how it hurts. And I think they both regret that, you know. So God says, you know, I I hate divorce. I hate it when people do anything that harms another person. Okay. Now, God allows divorce just as he allowed capital punishment because sin exists in the world. If people did not murder one another, there would be no need for capital punishment. The same way if a husband and wives uh, did not commit grave sin against each other, which, you know, where they break their vows toward God in their marriage covenant between their spouses and God, you know, divorce would not be needed. Okay. So why polygamy? Well, I mean, to me, it was man's uncontrollable lust, sin led to choosing multiple wives. I do not believe God approved of polygamy. I mean, when you read the Bible, a lot of people make this mistake. They read the Bible and they read the record actions of Old Testament men and women Uh, When you read about what they did, this does not mean that God approved of their sins. You read about rape. You read about incest. You read about all kinds of terrible things, about sodomy, about homosexuality. You know, you read about a lot of dysfunctional things in the Bible, but that does not mean that God approves of those things. Is it God's will that we sin? God allows us the freedom to sin. God created us free, free to make good choices, free to make bad choices. And I think divorce and polygamy are bad choices. Now, since man was determined to do these things, now get this. Since we, men, were determined to do these things, multiple wives, okay, divorce, okay, God offered regulations for divorce and polygamy. But I don't think he likes either one of them. They're not from God, but from the hardness of the heart of man. In fact, that's what Jesus said when asked about divorce. He said it's because of the hardness of the heart. Polygamy might be because of the hardness of the libido, for that matter, you know. <laughs> but uh, so, since man was determined to do these things, God made rules that would regulate those conditions. Let's take a look at Matthew 19 and verse 3 concerning divorce. The Pharisees also came into him, tempting him, and saying to, to him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered and said to them, Have you not read, He that which made them, made them from at the beginning, made them male and female? Did you catch that? Male and fe- It doesn't say male and females, plural. It just says man and woman. God made them. Man and woman. Okay. Concerning marriage. Okay. This is the issue concerning marriage. Now, how, how do you squeeze in polygamy in this, this, this equation here? Okay. Continuing on, Matthew 19 and verse 5. And he said, For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife. Notice that. One wife. And they too shall be one flesh. Okay. One flesh. You right, you keep me one flesh with multiple partners. Okay, wherefore, they are no more two, but one flesh. Wherefore, God, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Matthew 19 and verse 7, They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of a divorcement, and to put her away? And he said unto them, Because of the hardness of your hearts, it, Moses suffered you to put away your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. Yeah, because of the hardness of your heart. But from the beginning, divorce was not my issue. It wasn't my plan. It wasn't my thing that I wanted. No, not so ever. So God offered regulations for divorce. He also offered regulations for polygamy. God grants us free will. So God allowed man the freedom to have multiple wives. In other words, the freedom to make bad choices. In Genesis 2 and verse 23, "And And Abram said... This is now, Abraham, excuse me, and Adam, let me get this right. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now we're talking about God's original design and will. We're not talking about looking at man's sinful example and letting that set the example as to what we should do. Oh, men did that. Oh, men had multiple wives, and so that's what I'll do. Oh, men got divorces, and so uh, so that's what I. No, we're not. We're talking about God's original created design here. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. How do you squeeze polygamy into that one? Okay, we're talking about God's heart. What is God's heart? What is His desire? What does He want? Okay, and we've just we've just figured that one out. Well, at least some people have. I have, but other people haven't figured it out. But it, 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 you, you'll you'll get there one day. Okay, you'll get there one day. You cannot be one flesh with multiple women. Okay. God sets this standard from the beginning of time. One man, one woman, and the two become one flesh. Now, let's talk about multiple partners, the consequences of multiple partners. Recreational sex. You know, with Gene Simmons with the rock group Kiss talked about having a thousand different women. But you see, what happens is with... with multiple partners is each time you enter into a sexual relationship with multiple partners, you give a piece of yourself away. And so there's a piece of yourself given away here and a piece here and a piece there and a piece there and a piece there and a piece there, and piece there until you lose the capacity really to love. Multiple partners can create a disdain for the opposite sex. Instead of accepting responsibility, you know, I'm the problem. I, I'm the one that has the insatiable lust of the flesh. We say things like, well, there are no good women. Can't find any good women. And there are no good men. Because you've given so much of yourself away, there's nothing left to give away, you see. Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines. His wives included the daughters of Pharaohs, as well as women of Moabites, Edomites, uh, uh, Hittites, and and different origins of of, of women, uh, foreigners, you know. Now, how how do you, okay, 700 wives and 300 concubines, how do you take care, how do you house, how do you shelter, how do you put food on and clothing? Well, Solomon was the richest man that ever existed, okay. That you've got to be wealthy to do this. How do you take care of all these people? How do you buy women? How do you buy shoes? And, and who would want a thousand mother-in-laws? You ever thought about that one? You need to think about Ecclesiastes 7 and verse 26. Let's notice Solomon's attitude towards women. I find more bitter than death the woman. Now, you just stopped right there and you would think, oh boy, he is bitter. He has a a condescending spirit toward women. I find more bitter than death the woman, but he's talking about a certain woman, whose heart is snares and nets, and her hands are bands. uh, uh, Whoso pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. Behold, this I have found, says the preacher, counting one by one to find out the account. "...which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not one man among a thousand have I found." Okay, I found one man out of a thousand men, I found one wise man, I found. But a woman among all those have I I not found. So what's Solomon saying? Well, he's saying of a thousand women, I couldn't find one wise woman. You know, having a thousand partners creates a condescending spirit toward those partners. He never, Solomon never knew what real love was. Isn't that a pity? Isn't that a shame to go to your grave and not know what real love is? You know, it's like a song by Eric Carmen. you know, all by myself. When I was young, I never needed anyone and making love was just for fun. Those days are gone. And in the course of the song, says all by myself. Don't want to live all by myself. And he's facing the possibility of getting old and ugly and never finding because he's given, he's given so much of himself away here, there, and yonder. Now he's old and he, he's he, the possibility of, old, of growing old and not, never knowing what real love and never meeting the right person and never, never knowing what real love actually is. It's a sad song. It really is a sad song. Now, what can you do about it? Well, you can repent. Yeah, you can repent of the idea that recreational sex is the way to find true love. Now, the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 18. It says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body, but he that commits fornication sins against his own body. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying polygamy is, I'm not calling polygamy fornication. Else God would have never allowed, he he would have never uh, created the regulations regarding polygamy, okay, around polygamy. So I'm not calling, get that straight, I'm not calling polygamy fornication. I'm talking about multiple partners, and there is a similarity there with polygamy and multiple partners, okay? You got me on that one? All right. So, and I've always wondered, what is every sin that a man does is without the body? But he that commits fornication sins against his own body? How is that? Well, you you give so much of yourself away here, there, yonder, to this partner, that partner, this partner, that partner. And you destroy the possibility of ever finding real love, true intimacy, a true intimate relationship. That's how you destroy your own body, you see. So once again, let's be reminded of what really pleases God, what God's standard is. You know, when you look at the Bible, you read the Bible, you don't read of a lot of good examples of polygamy. I don't know if you read of any good example of polygamy in the Bible. The illusion of polygamy that every man was doing it is just that. It was for the wealthy only because you had to provide for all these wives. It was only for rich people, polygamy, okay? The guy living in his parents' basement. You know, getting ready to start a life of polygamy, 40 years old, hadn't moved out of the house yet, and don't have a job, don't have a driver's license. You know, dreaming of polygamy is, 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 an, is an idiot, you see. Poor men didn't practice it because they couldn't afford it. It was only for the wealthy. Now, I say there's no good examples of polygamy in the Bible. We First Kings 11 verse 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women. Yes, he did. Of the nations concerning which the Lord God uh, unto the children of Israel, you shall not go to them, neither shall they come unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. But Solomon clave unto these in love. Yes, he clave to these in love. Uh, actually, it's called genital bonding. Uh, but anyway. Okay. And he had 700 wives and princes and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. Now, what is the difference between a wife and a concubine? I mean, these words are weird in the Bible. Okay, a wife is a legal covenant and has a higher status. Wives brought a dowry to a relationship, but concubines did not. A concubine, as far as I can tell, is a semi-slave of rather ambiguous status. Her job is to provide pleasure to a rich man. Oh, pleasure, huh? So we're, we're getting a picture here of what we're talking about here with, with these wives and concubines and all that. Okay, we're, we're beginning to figure some things out here. At least some of us are. Okay, all right. First Kings 11 and verse 4. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Now, David, King David, had eight wives uh, that are named in the scripture. But Scripture tells us that he had other wives plus a number of unknown concubines. We pick that up in 1st and 2 Samuel, by the way. But do you know the difference between what's the difference between Solomon his son and and King David? How could David be a man after God's own heart, but Solomon, you know, screwed up? Well, here's the difference. David never worshiped other gods. He never first of all Solomon allowed his foreign wives to to for him to go after other gods pagan gods false gods David on the other hand even though he had multiple wives he never allowed his wives to turn his heart away from the true God that's the difference between the two men a huge difference between the two you know Solomon went out whoring after these other gods. Okay. But now let's talk about kings. Let's talk about the the Bible. What does the Bible say about a king? You know, if you're a king of Israel, laws concerning kings of Israel, what does the Bible say? Well, Deuteronomy 17 and verse 17 says, Neither shall he multiply wives to himself, that his heart turn not away. Neither shall he greatly multiply to himself silver and gold. Did you see that? Now, how do you? Okay, we're talking about kings. Neither shall he multiply wives to himself. How do you fit polygamy into that one? We're talking about God's will. We're talking about what God's heart is, okay, concerning a king, all right? That's, all right? We're not talking about following the lustful flesh of sinful man and what he did. We're talking about God's will. What is God's will concerning here? Qualifications for elders. Uh, Titus 1 and verse 6, If any man be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. Okay? Again, now a lot of people was, you know, one person mentioned to me, he said, well, that just proves that there was polygamy back then because of these these rules. And and again, I understand that there was polygamy back then. And I understand that God offered regulations for polygamy. But this scripture, if you're going to serve and please God, now maybe you're not concerned about serving and pleasing God. Maybe that's just not an issue in your Christian life. You know, you'd just rather follow the lustful desires of mankind. We see uh, example after example of example of divorce and polygamy in the Bible. Maybe that's what you want to follow. But if you want to serve God, if you want to please God, you're going to have to be the husband of one wife. Okay? 1 Timothy 3 and verse 2, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. Vigilant, Uh, sober, good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Uh, 1 Timothy 3 and verse 12, let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children and their own house well. Now, what's interesting is about polygamy, as we read about polygamy in the Bible, there seems to be no good examples of polygamy in the Bible. I mean, another we we already read about what what Solomon did, and all the women that he had, and he allowed his wives to turn his heart away from God, which was a great tragedy. Another tragedy was Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, okay? You remember that story? You know, Sarah, God had promised them, I'm going to give you a child. They didn't believe God. You know, they they didn't trust his timing. And Sarah says, take my handmaid, Hagar, and have sex with her. You know, and Abraham probably thought about that for one second and said, okay, uh, I'll do it. Uh, But, you know, I mean... You had, out of that union, you had Ishmael, which was a fiasco. It was a fiasco. Genesis 16 and verse 12. And he will be a wild man, and his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Now another scripture that people try to use to justify polygamy is this little incident where God says, and we'll read it just in a second. This was after the sin of David committed adultery with Bathsheba. Of course, they had her husband kill Uriah the Hittite and had him killed. Terrible sin, terrible sin. But Second Samuel 8, uh, 12 and verse 8 says, I gave you everything that belonged to your master Saul. I even put his wives into your arms. God speaking here, speaking here. I made you king over the people of Israel and Judah. And if, if all that had not been enough for you, I would have given you even more. What, you know, God saying, look, I, I would have given you even more wives if it would have satisfied you. Okay, again, I understand that God regulated, had regulations for polygamy. I understand that. But would, look, let me ask you a question. I think God is being sarcastic here when he says, look, I'd have given you even more. You know, would 100 more wives cure David's insatiable lust of the flesh? You know, if I just had, if I just had 20 more women, 20 more women I can marry, I, I wouldn't have gone after Bathsheba is that what you believe? He would not have committed adultery, okay, if he just had a hundred more wives. God is being sarcastic here. He's saying, no, that that wouldn't have done a bit of good, okay? You got a heart issue, David. So, if you're thinking God offered these regulations for polygamy and divorce, with a big smile on his face, you are a delusional person, okay? You're living under a delusion, all right? Now, Keep in mind, polygamy was culturally accepted at the time. Okay, but it was not the heart of God. It was not from the heart of God. Okay, but it was culturally accepted. The, you know, the illusion that this is culturally accepted, so it must be right, is so much nonsense. I mean, look at our society today. You got pornography that is culturally accepted, you got abortion that is culturally accepted, you've got our entertainment that is culturally accepted, you got our music that is culturally accepted. Is it right? No, it's not right. It's an abomination, most of it, okay? Now, one of the reasons it was so culturally accepted is because if you are a woman without a husband, and you face the high probability of being poor without a home or food on the table. So men had multiple wives. Rich men did, okay? Another thing about this, back then, it was that, okay, you're, you're facing the possibility, I talked about acting out of desperation, women acting out of desperation, talked about that at the beginning of this program. Why did they act out of desperation? Why did they go along with polygamy? Because I, mean, I think most women today, if you ask them, uh, you, you think that's a good idea, polygamy? No, it's, 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 of course not, of course not. Okay, another thing was, it was a disgrace not to have children. Now, unlike our society today, where we abort our children, you know, back then, that was unheard of. I mean, if you could resurrect these women and, look at them and show them what our women are doing today with the aborting of, of, of 50 million uh, potential children of God, you know, they, they, would, they would roll over in their grave. They'd say, what are you doing? Uh, so it was a, a disgrace not to have a son or, or you know, or not to have children. So the desperation revolved around why women went along with this. It, it had to do with survival, and childbearing, okay? It was very important, and you can understand survival is very important. But the truth is, you can only love one woman, not multiple women. People that try to tell you, polygamy would be accepted today are, or try to justify it from the Bible are just ignorant of the heart of God. They're ignorant of the, you know, from the beginning. Well, let's conclude with that, okay? Ephesians 5 and verse 31. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. That's not plural, by the way. That's that's one wife, okay? And the two of them shall be one flesh. Okay, husband and wife, one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning the Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you, and particularly so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband okay so you've been, just been told what's really in the bible i'm david freeman and i'll see you next time
0: for more information check us out online at is that really in the bible.net listen to the podcast watch the weekly program worship with us on our weekly sabbath service and be sure to visit our free bookstore Again, the website is IsThatReallyInTheBible.net. This program has been paid for by the tithes and offerings of The Church of God Rocky Mount and friends of this ministry. If you have been challenged by listening to this program, then consider that a great blessing. You can visit us on the web at IsThatReallyInTheBible.net. It is the support of people like you that make this ministry possible. If you have been blessed by this understanding given to you today, then consider making a donation by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program,